Welcome back to another edition of What You Spinning. This is episode 23. I'm Dorian, joined by my boys, Matt and Jacob. How you guys doing today? Fabulous. Fabulous. Ready to talk right. about some great albums today. Yeah. This yeah. This is a pretty legit episode. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good picks this a week. A lot of very... We always kind of go all over the place. We do. Yes. We don't want to keep you guys bored, so we kind of... Yeah. yeah. We kind of do whatever our hearts desire, and also... I don't know. I kind of, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but sometimes when like leading up to making my pick, because I won't make my actual pick for the next week until like fucking Thursday, mm-hmm. sometimes even Friday. Or if Friday. I make it early, I'll go back and change it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But sometimes like I take into account what I've done in the past. That's like the biggest thing is like, all right, what did I just bring up? Yeah. And then also how are the guys going to react to this album and then also how's the audience gonna you know kind of go through and look at it and jacob and i were actually in an xbox party last night we were kind of reminiscing about episodes past Mm -hmm. you know and everything and he even asked me he's like you just really like rock and metal don't you and i was like (laughs) he's like is that all you listen to i was like no man like i brought up some good hip-hop too i was like but hip-hop's only been like around like, I've only gotten into, you know, rap and hip-hop, old and new, for, like, the past decade. And so... That's what's hard, though, too, because, like, once you get in a genre, if you're passionate about the genre, you'll stay in that. Like, I could talk about hip-hop, like, nonstop. Oh, yeah. Talk about soul nonstop, like... Yeah. So that's why I kind of feel like, what would, what's something different that mm-hmm. we haven't heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be kind of, like, you know, opening up another window. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like the cast, because I feel like all of our... You know, musical influences and ideas have all come from different aspects in life. And so we all yeah. have different opinions on what we like. And yeah. It's fun yeah. to share that with each other. Yeah. And it's, it is very hard. Like when I brought up like fucking four or five like rock metal albums in a <laughs> row, it was so hard to pull me out of that rut. And yeah. then I was like, all right, let me bring up Victor Vaughn. That'll kind of bring me out of it. And then I was like, all right, right back yeah. into front bottoms. <laughs> and then now let's get out of it and like kind of bring up because i'm because i want to sit on some of the other stuff for a minute i do that and i do that with artists a lot too yeah i do that with alchemist like yeah exactly <laughs> like i could talk i could talk about rock and metal all day like yeah like i have duplicates uh or i have multiple albums from many artists in that kind of realm mm-hmm. you know like there will be episodes like i will bring up rob zombie two more times you know mm-hmm. i will bring up <laughs> That's fucking why Bob- brought up fugazi exactly yeah it's like yeah there's too many good albums out there by other artists yeah and like we will bring up floater again tool will be mentioned again and so but it's like that us all like kind of introducing you know some of the stuff that you know we might feel vulnerable about bringing up kind of like i did with ghost main on episode two and then being like all right so this is kind of like the weird ass shit i'm into but then these are also the albums i'm passionate about and then we kind of you know, get each other to really fucking love these albums, and it's like, all right, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna go back and bring up more of this artist or more of this genre. That's how I felt about last week. I didn't know mm-hmm. if you guys would like Brian. You know, I had no. no idea. Yeah. No, last night half of our conversation was that, yeah. was talking about where we could. He, I was like, I was like, I think he got it at Moon Rock, man. But I gotta get before <laughs> and after science. It's like that album fucking rocked. Yeah. Like that album was sick. You know, because everyone like. Like I've said before, you know, when you collect, like, I think the the biggest disservice to someone who is collecting vinyls is to just stick with one genre because there's so 
There's yeah. so much good music yeah, you can't out do there. That if you're a collector, you can't. No, because yeah. then you're gonna because you run out of shit, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like even with my small collection in comparison to yours, you know, like I I still have enough to fuel me for a little bit, you know, yeah. as far as physical copies owned. But like, if you're collecting and you only collect hip hop or you only collect collect metal, like it'll get stale real quick. It will, yeah. you know, yeah. like what you gonna be spinning? Mm. Like the same <laughs> shit from last week. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. But so that's like kind of at that same that same rate. Like, kind of pushes me to go out of my boundaries mm-hmm. and do something different. Yeah. And this week, I feel like we kind of did did it again. Like we're right doing something very different. I wouldn't have thought you or Matt would have brought up these albums because they're like, oh, Matt kind of Matt likes like this like like softer stuff, and Dorian likes something like. You know, it's very different from rock and hip. And yeah. Metal. I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah, exactly. So like, I can see, like, the taste that you're going into and, like, you're trying to open up to something that's more different than what you're, like, mm-hmm. usually accessible to and listening to. Well, and then it's kind of like, you know, the three of us have talked a lot, you know, about how sometimes you wake up and you want to listen to fucking Slipknot. And then some days you wake up and you want to listen to West Side Gun. It's just one of those days. Yeah, and it's just one of those days where you want to break some shit, you know. Uh, and so it kind of, like, that's why, you know, I'm I'm really happy with, you know, the, the cast in general. And, you know, with the, the bodies I've filled it with. Mm. Because we all had that general ground of, like, all right, we all like hip-hop. And then, you know, some of us were like, oh, well, you like soul. I like soul, too. Oh, you like the alternative, like, more like more eccentric you know eclectic kind of music well let's fucking talk about all of this stuff and bring up stuff that you know maybe you and i might know and jake might not know or vice versa that you might you know or anything like that mm-hmm. and so that's my favorite part about the cast I've exactly been to other music that i've never heard before yeah artists that i've never listened to so yeah i appreciate that a lot yeah, yeah. same same here yeah and i think that's a perfect segue to go into our first album for this week which is uh jake's pick for this week uh what do you got for us man yeah so this week wanted to go back to i've been digging into a lot more soul and like funk that i've been listening to yes you um so this week bougie um mary don't take me on no bad trip some good old funk and some like very funky very soulful um came out god who knows when 1968 yeah yeah that's when the single came out right. of mary don't take me on a mm-hmm. bad trip um and then from there it apparently got shelved for like a couple of decades mm-hmm. um and then apparently it came out in 2005 um some sources say 1997 yeah say later um, but officially, like in the label, a chess, I believe that's what it's called, right? Yeah, chess record. Um, it 
came out in 2005, um, but it was recorded in 68. Damn. Um, but yeah, it's Fuji. Um, he's, uh, yes, a funky, like very funk, very soul-oriented artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the band that was playing with him, um, got notes on this. I should look at my notes. Real quick. Yeah. Does he just sing? Or does uh, yeah. he play an instrument? He plays an instrument too, I feel like. But he's, he's the vocals on it. Yeah. I figured, I was like, I know that he's the vocals, but like, I was sitting there like, because you, like the three of us had talked about like, we spent a whole hour trying to fucking pinpoint when this goddamn album came yeah, out the right. other day <laughs> and we couldn't do it. And so I was like. And then I started looking into it, and I was like, well, did he play an instrument? And, like, I, you can't find really anything, but that's yeah, interesting. Like, that whole, the fact that, like, we, like no one knows when this looks yeah. like he had to play the guitar. To he had to, yeah. yeah. Something, like you know. Even the bass, you know, like fucking George Clinton, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. There's very, there is very little out there for there is. this artist yeah. and this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellington Jordan, that's his name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Fuji. Um, but yeah, it was him, and he partnered with a band, uh, Black Murda. Okay. And Black Murda, they got signed to Chess Records because of Fuji. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like him and this band. Um, they joined together. They made this album. It's very funky, very soulful. Um, yeah. What uh, what you guys thoughts on it? I one of my favorite funk albums for mm-hmm. sure i was impressed being it's the only album he released right you know mm-hmm. i was just blown away because that for that time period that's just like a staple for that like funk soul and yeah. almost that r&b field early on you know it was hard to to minimize that because it's a great album it's yeah just sad that he didn't get recognized or had made more yes. music you know i know he grew up or not grew up but like lived in fresno for a while after he got famous and like released some stuff and did some live shows mm-hmm. um but I was impressed. You know, he's got a great voice. Yeah. His songs are really, you know, they flow really well together. He incorporates blues, soul, and funk all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess a couple other people have, uh, like, sampled his songs. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rod Stewart, which I'm not sure why we're bringing up Rod Stewart, but, but. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that's cool that, uh, that Beyonce, she did, like, her version of... Uh, I'd Rather Be Blind. Yeah. Rather yeah. Be Blind. Um, which is crazy. Like first off, like Beyonce remixing one of your songs because it's mm-hmm. almost the same lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same lyrics. Mm-hmm. You listen to that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he wrote that song when he was in prison. Apparently, no shit. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's actually an, uh, it's an Etta James cover. Like Etta James is the original artist that wrote that oh, song. Oh damn! So he no took kidding. that and like you know did his own spin on it. But I guess he. In prison, you know, decided to do that. You know, damn, I did not know that. That's legit. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just for an album that's this short, yeah, there's a lot to it. You know, like I listened, I listened to both of your albums probably five fucking times this week, just because oh, wow. I was just because I was trying to capture what was going on, because mm-hmm. both because both of them do have you know kind of different elements going on. Yeah, and with this, it's like every time. I would listen to this a different instrument would stand out or the vocals on a different track would mm-hmm. stand out to me you know like you kept singing save a little mm-hmm. in the in the Xbox party and I was like yeah. I was like yeah I know that that's that's Fuji but like I don't know I don't know it that well mm-hmm. and, but I had listened cuz I was listening to like the instrument like the instrumentation was standing out to me at the time yeah and then like 2 days ago I went and listened to it again and I was like 
oh no, the vocals on this song are actually really fucking good, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but uh, there's like so many different things to where like even like the the instrumentation is actually really advanced. It is for its time period. Like yeah. the fact that this was recorded in '68, and on fucking "Can't You Hear Me Calling You, Woman," you have tr- that tremolo picking at the end, which was like something that was really popularized with like the uh, the early '80s, like thrash metal movement was like that heavy, like really fast picking, and you have that in a funk soul jazz. There's like the Parliament element there. Exactly. Yeah, it's like that was something that like. And because, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't know who Fuji is. I, I, sure I didn't as, know. I sure as fuck didn't no either, yeah. yeah. And so the fact that you have, like, these really advanced, you know, guitar techniques and just instrumentation as a whole mm-hmm. uh, kind of showcased on an album like this that came out that early is mm-hmm. impressive as hell. Yeah, that's what you can kind of tell. Because every time that you listen to an album and, and anything, the more that you do it, you, like, catch more things about it and you mm-hmm. start liking it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, you can tell that a lot with the instruments that they're playing and the vocals. Um, the band that he's playing with, of Black Murder, they had a lot of uh, Jimi Hendrix like okay. influences. Yeah, um, you can tell that a lot by how they're playing. Um, it's that real, like, kind of funky, kind yeah, of psychedelic, very um, much so. improv. Style yeah, for the most part. Also, really, like, they get kind of this album kind of gets put in the ties at the same as like a funkadelic mm-hmm. yeah um, like in that right. same mm-hmm. like kind of genre you could yeah. say like it's very like it really captures like matt said that like late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. funk soul like feel to it yeah um, like to a t like yeah. it's over the years that like it's been out um it's gotten a lot more appreciation mm-hmm. by like right. people that listen to funk kind of like the aquatics yeah Basically, yeah, yeah it, it's like kind of earned that like classic status. I feel um, like if other people are covering your tracks, like yeah. you know, you've you've done something that people appreciate. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's and yeah, it is a really short uh, short album. It is. It's so short. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It's a it's <laughs> yeah. like it's an EP. It's not yeah. like a full mm-hmm. like full length like ten right. tracks. It only has like six tracks, I think, um, and it's twenty eight minutes, so it's barely thirty minutes. Um, but like, there is no skips on this. No, no, not at all. It's, it's hard, hard to pick no, my no, top three. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit. If you if if you skip if you skip a track on this, <laughs> yeah, you kind of that's five minutes gone. You yeah. kind of you and yeah, you kind of ruin the flow of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, because kind of tying on what y'all just said about like you know this whole genre and this time period, uh-huh. they were putting these albums out, and you were if you were to listen to them and skip over anything, mm-hmm. you were doing yourself a disservice because sure. again, like. I'd rather be blind into can't uh, can't you hear me calling you woman that lead in like that transition it fucked me up the first time I was like I was like oh yeah I really like this song and then I went to see what it was called and I was like wait wasn't this called I'd rather be blind yeah what the and so I had to like go back and because a lot of these like albums in this genre and in this time period they flowed together so well because yeah. it was very much pardon me it was very much an improv kind of freestyle mm-hmm. kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It, like, for some reason, every time that I listen to this album, um, and specifically the last track, JoJo, yes, it makes me feel, it kind of puts me back in time to, like, I envision, like, somewhere in, like, some club, like, there's this live band that's playing, and that mm-hmm. song is playing. Mm-hmm. Right. JoJo, I feel like it, it really takes you back to, like, 
that whole feeling. Like you walk into a club, you see nothing but like bright colored pants and like yeah. shirts. People with afros. The bell like, bottoms. Yeah, bell bottoms. Somewhere on stage, like just going off on mm-hmm. the bass. Like, yeah. It really captures that feel, that era of like mm-hmm. the, the 70s, or mm-hmm. early 70s, like funk. Um, and I'm it's. Gonna, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So he co wrote the song with Etta James, I'd Rather Be Blind. He co wrote While it. in prison. Damn. So. All right. Ooh. There's my snit. Yeah, there's my little. You're right you're now. you're the master of the fun fact, dude. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. Co-wrote Some it. Some of these, Ed, yes. Yeah. I, I did not know yeah. that he was in prison when he was writing that. That's yeah. No, nutty. I'm not sure why he was in there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 60s, you know, you know, different, co- different color skin, you get thrown in jail for anything. Yeah, that. exactly. That's kind of what's unfortunate about it too. That it's such a unique and it's such a staple to funk mm-hmm. in that era. That it really did not get like its attention. That it it's a true like uh, Polaroid of that era and that music style. Like yeah, you can just listen to that and be like, oh, he's got so many different things he's done with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and also to tie into that, the fact that he managed to put out this album, and it was one of the only ones that got put out. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got like two other ones that were definitely posthumous releases. Releases, mm-hmm. but the fact that he was such a flash in the pan mm-hmm. as far as an artist goes and the first album he puts out is like yeah suck my ass this is like the the epitome of not even a half hour long not even a half hour <laughs> yeah. yeah again yeah. not even a half hour long this is the epitome of early 60s late or early 60s or late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. funk and r&b mm-hmm. you know yeah. and this and that was it for him that was it no, yeah. like that's fucking insanity to me and why it didn't get released till later on? I don't right. Know. Yeah. Why didn't it come out, that out yeah. when it when it yeah. should have? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. I don't know why. None of us will probably ever know why. But as we've kind of talked about on here a little bit, and as you kind of dive into different bands, mm-hmm. record companies fucking suck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they're the sh- they're the shittiest things. Mm-hmm. And so you know they probably were they were probably sitting on this for too goddamn long. I'm mm-hmm. thinking it might have been like like. Something's along the lines of like sampling or something with that because it got taken off streaming, like I told you guys. Yeah. And it was off for like three months. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. Three months, and I was pissed off because I wanted to bring this up. And then it's. And then it brought. <laughs> and then they brought it back up. So I was like, all right, gotta talk about it now. Yeah. Um, Do it now before it leaves again. Yeah. But like, why wouldn't they have put this out? Because if you would have put this out, because he released just a single, mm-hmm. and a lot of people listen to the single. Yeah. If you would have put out the whole album around that time, he would have been massive. Yeah, definitely. And it's yeah. one of those cases that, like, what if? Mm-hmm. Like, what if right. he would have kept going? Yeah. That's a lot of the things I've read online, you know, this week about, like, what if he would have done this? What if he would have done that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Him and, him and Parliament Funkadelic would have been, like, the two biggest acts in the genre mm-hmm. for fucking decades. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It may it really like those kind of situations really make you wonder like and want to learn the in depth kind of thing behind record record companies in general and how they ran. Mm -hmm. You know, you could watch a litany of documentaries about uh, different artists. You know, one that comes to mind for me is the Genius documentary about Kanye West and how they didn't want to put out his first single, and so it's like, man, these guys are really just after the money, and you know, they probably always been like that. Always have been, but it. God, I really want to know why. Yeah, because because sixty eight, 
67. It's still, it's still early enough to where the record companies aren't so like yeah. skeezy. Yeah, yeah. And then to wait almost 30 years and then release yeah. it. Like yeah. what the yeah. fuck? Like there's a whole like a whole picture that we're missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That no one knows about. Yeah. I would God, I would be so interested to see. I would fucking read eight books about that. Yeah. There's, there's definitely yeah please comment if you know yeah. yeah if you if you know what <laughs> happened leave it in the comments yeah, we appreciate it yeah. god damn just fucking <laughs> just the just guy scroll. Yeah, like the guy who happened. the guy who shelved it is yeah. there. <laughs> he's like fuck you I know already yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening if you're know. the guy who shelved it and you're listening fuck you yeah. basically fuck you. <laughs> but yeah it's 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 one of those funk albums that it really drew me towards the genre. It mm-hmm. will, yeah. Because it, like, I, I love funk and soul as is, but this album, I feel like it really made me appreciate more that for an artist specifically, it's not always about the fame or like sure. popularity. Mm-hmm. It's more about the music. Yeah, this is a prime it's example of that. I think. And it really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, it really yeah. is like that. If you have quality music and you don't really care too much about like the exposure. <laughs> And you just like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is a prime example. Yeah, prime example, and it's not even an hour long. It's half. It's, it's half an hour long. Nothing but quality, and it's yeah. It's in my opinion one of the better funk albums of that era. I agree. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Shall we? Dive into top threes. Yeah, there's only three songs on the on the album, so yeah, <laughs> it's like when we did Godspeed You Black Emperor. Yeah, right, it's yeah. like, <laughs> what do I pick? Yeah. Uh, Matt, you want to go? Yeah, I'll start with uh, "Can't You Hear Me Calling You Woman," mm-hmm. nice. uh, "Revelations," and then "JoJo." Yeah, nice. Honorable mention. Obviously, I'd rather be a blind man. Yeah, because of you know the popularity of that and the influence it had on other artists. You know that picked up on his vibe and said, "Hey, this yeah. guy's got talent." Yeah. Let's bring it back out and introduce him to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good picks. If I had to pick a top three, I am going... Um, shit. That's not on the album, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's That's the B-side, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> B-side. <laughs> um, I'm going Save a Little, just because yeah, I don't know what about it. That, when he says that, it's so catchy, and it I put it kind of in every day in my life like save mm-hmm. a little like when i'm going out to groceries or when like i'm getting food i'm like all right treat yourself but like save a little okay yeah <laughs> like i kind of put it like there in, i like in that. my life kind of um but yeah save a little um i'd rather be a blind man that's such a great song um and then yeah the fact that beyonce did a did like remix or whatever is crazy and then the, and then the title track um, yeah you don't take me on a bad trip it's such a funky like intro to it you yeah. hear the like the the slap bass mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's, it's fucking yeah. crazy but yeah, and i wonder what he's talking about in that song is it a female or is it weed? right yeah it yeah weed? like What's he yeah doing? yeah like, what's he smoking on <laughs> <laughs> that's you brought up a because you brought up a good point right there about the bass like the bass playing throughout this entire album is phenomenal Mm-hmm. whoever that is is killing it i mean the bass was like a huge instrument for this genre at this time but really like it doesn't try to showboat like the bass player isn't like trying to showboat for some songs and then there's tracks like i'd rather be a blind man which is my honorable mention 
that I'm like, damn, like that piano matched with that bass line. Like mm-hmm. it's just uh, like that's mm-hmm. that's some saucy shit. Uh, <laughs> so my honorable mention is I'd rather be a blind man. Uh, number three, save a little. Number two, can't you hear me? Ca- can't you hear me calling you, woman? And then number one, the title track, Mary, don't mm-hmm. don't you take me on a bad trip. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was Jacob's pick for this week. Fuji's Mary, don't take me on a bad trip. Uh, we will be back to talk about the next one. All right, we are back to talk about Matt's pick for this week. Hello, <laughs> what do you got for My us, friends? Hey, <laughs> say hello. <laughs> what do you What do you uh, got for week, us, man? Uh, 1994, Jeff Buckley, the Grace album. Blessing. Uh, sadly, this is Jeff's only studio album that he released because he passed away um, later on in his life. Another story for another time. We're here to talk about the album, which is a great album. Yeah. Um, very inspirational for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about it from a friend. Heard a song. I was like, his voice. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Yeah. What he is sound, that? He yeah. sounds like Nina Simone and you know robert plant he's got all these influences and it blew my mind and i was a fan right away um i was able to see a couple live dvds and i was just even more blown away because he's just so when he's on stage he just he stops everybody and everybody's just watching and if a musician does that you know and everybody's just stopping and listening to him you you have a gift so uh great album what do you guys think yeah first off his like you mentioned his voice jesus christ his range (laughs) is insane dude yeah. And his volume, like, at some points, like, I was, like, thinking, like, he could be, like, an opera singer. Like, he has mm-hmm. crazy volume. That falsetto volume, is dude. insane. Yeah, he's yeah. got that Surge Tankian range, mm-hmm. dude. Yep. It's crazy. That's, like, the first thing that I noticed, um, especially on that first opening track on the album. Mojo Pin. Yeah. And the video, like, damn, dude. Yeah. And the fact that you, like you mentioned also, because that's really hard to playing an instrument and singing at the same time, like especially with guitar and stuff. Especially when you're leading the pack. Like when we watched the, we watched the video of Mojo Pin before we started this and he's leading everybody. They're all watching him, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting for his changes and just kind of following his lead. So to to command the stage like that is, is a lot to take on. Like I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that was kind of powerful to watch about that video, other than like watching him just standing He's just standing there because he's playing the guitar, so he's not doing anything, like, animated, and he's just... His voice, again, like, we're probably going to mention it 80,000 times because it's that fucking good. (laughs) And he's just sitting there tearing through these fucking vocal ranges. And then, you know, even if it's a band that's called, like, Jeff Buckley, Mm -hmm. you know, the backing band is sitting there, you know, just, you know, playing. But when we watched that video for Mojo Pin, the other guitarists and the bassist were like off to the side of the stage watching him you Mm -hmm. pointed it out and i was like 
holy fuck, like, they are, like, literally just yeah. eyes on him. Like, waiting rather, for his move, yeah. Yeah, rather than facing the audience, and it's like, that's how captivating this guy is. Even the drummer, I felt like he was, like, yeah. the whole time, just, like, watching him. And it's like, motherfucker, you're the, you're the back, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the most important part. You control part. everything. Yeah, you're Keep the most together. important part. Yeah. <laughs> but that was something, <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of live shit, you know, live mm. videos, and it's like, even if it's a backing band, they're facing the audience, you know, they're part of the experience. They're doing their own thing. Yeah, and then, yeah, right? but then yeah. they were literally like shoulder to shoulder, like just staring at just the watching. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he, he had, like, you could draw, like, he drew everyone's attention. Like, yeah. everyone was, like, focused on what he was doing. Because mm-hmm. he, like, I don't know, it's something like the album cup the album name grace mm-hmm. it's very graceful in a sense i feel mm-hmm. like the whole time that like he's playing um the fact that there's a full like dvd video of it that's mm-hmm. fucking badass mm-hmm. they yeah. do that like all the time huh like he like just has everyone's attention like i feel like you know just when he got started he did a, um, a tribute concert for his dad who's tim buckley who was an mm-hmm. artist in the late 60s that yeah. was kind of a folky um, musician. Yeah. I don't think Jeff ever met him. I think he died before he did or he abandoned him. So they had a memorial concert for Tim Buckley, I think in 1991. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Buckley took the stage to do a tribute, even though he was like not really close to his dad. He still got up there on stage and the lights went down and like all of a sudden people were just, he just blew them away. Like Jeez. he didn't like, like that video that we just watched. He just yeah. took everybody's breath away. And he, people were like, here's my business card, you know, here's this, here's that. And he, that's how you got to start. Holy so, shit. Yeah. So think about, yeah. if he, think about if he didn't do that show. Like, he would have yeah. would he have gotten to where he got and made grace? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Holy fuck. And I think a lot, a lot of his lyricism, um, even on this album, I think subtly have to do with, you know, that, that issue with his dad. Yeah. And you can just hear it in certain lines and stuff like that. And it's mm. sad that... He didn't have that connection, but it's also really cool that he just, like, I feel like did his own thing. And I feel like I'd rather listen to Jeff Buckley than Tim Buckley, just yeah. because of what um, I've heard before. Yeah. And it is, the lyricism in this is incredible, too. Yeah. Like, I, sorry, Mojo Pin stuck with me so much, but the, and it was because of this one lyric mainly, where he says, the white horse, like, he talks about, like, the white horse has gone or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's when that song starts to get like super aggressive and just I think the way from the vocal like the lyric writing all the way down to the way that the music was written and composed and his guitar playing throughout is fucking phenomenal. It's like a jazz rock kind of vibe. It's, yeah, it's and very he was unique. very unique. And yeah. I don't know, like the monic like the whatever the symbolism of the white horse, you know, has been used for so mm-hmm. long in music. But I feel like the that the way he used it in that song was way before its time and how it got used, mm. you know, by more because that this is kind of like a jumping off point for like the alternative mu- it's movement. It's nineteen ninety four. It's like right in yeah. the middle there. Like yeah. yeah, to put an album out like this is pretty yeah. ballsy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Before, you know, it, it it's kind of that it kinda of has like a southern feel to it, like a sure. south. Yeah. You know, like all the different them. song structures you get like Mojo Pin where it starts off slow and heavy yeah. and then you get like covers like Lilac Wine which is a Nina Simone cover yeah. and mm-hmm. then Corpus Christi which is an opera choir like, yeah. you're like who is this guy that's another good example of his voice yeah Corpus Christi yeah. Carol yeah. that song yeah man but 
it was that was what drew me to it. I was like, man, he kind of started that whole because grunge was big. At, mm-hmm. That was the like grunge, and when I say alternative, I mean like kind of the darker side of alternative. Sure, you know, to where it almost started branching off into like alternative metal. Like his lyricism in that, and the way he delivered it over kind of a quote unquote soft rock mm-hmm. kind of instrumentation yeah. Yeah. was yeah. really mm-hmm. was really ahead of its time and really powerful to me i was like holy shit like yeah and then to listen to the rest of the project and it does get very operatic at times i had the same idea i was like i don't know if i know who jeff buckley is because i said it when you brought it up. i was like oh i know i've heard of jeff buckley and then i was like I don't know if I know who I was getting into. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was like, it's crazy, like his different types of songs that he has. To yeah, him. I literally said, it's someone very, fucking lied to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like it sounds like him at one point, and then he's playing more with the band, and then it's mm-hmm. like it's like a whole different scene. I feel like because it really changes the mood. Because like starting off with that, it's like that song. It's like kind of very like low tempo, low pace, mm-hmm. but it's very like. It's it's a beautiful song and it's like mm-hmm. it leads into the whole album that it kind of has that same feel that mm-hmm. it's yeah like kind of like in a sense like very very like euphoric and it's like kind of not so crazy it's like very calming mm-hmm. it's relaxing yeah um, so that whole this whole album like it's crazy that he had like this much potential to do this mm-hmm. and he could have. Like, if he had more projects, like, it would have been crazy. He would have been huge. Yeah. And he turned out a lot of things besides music. He got approached from different uh, producers for movies and acting. Oh, he yeah, tried to, yeah. like, supplement his income a little bit. And he's like, yeah. nope. He was offered a... Uh, I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was a theme song for a Quentin Tarantino film. I didn't know what film it was. Oh, oh shit. shit. But he turned it down. Damn. I Damn. saw that it was another... He did, because he did get approached for, like, movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that he got approached by a couple of those... Um, and for what reason like this guy is super talented I think he was more you know concerned with how his music was made and like that yeah. was his that was his lasting impact I want to create something mm-hmm. that's meaningful not just be an actor and like you know make a yeah. movie I want to make music this is my passion not, yeah. not that acting's bad or anything but like yeah. he was a musician at heart and he wanted yeah. to do yeah. that 100% so he didn't compromise which is really cool for being I think 25 when this album came out Jesus or 26 Christ. yeah and it's wild that the inf- the influence that this album and Jeff Buckley's short-lived career had sure. on a lot of people. You bring up the Wikipedia page for Grace, and it's, there's it's crazy. There's a whole there's a whole drop-down yeah. section, and it's called like influences or something or like influenced whoever you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a list, and there's like fucking Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. There's like. Foo Fighters or something like that like even early like 90s bands like it's literally a whole list that's like two phone scrolls of people that were influenced by this album there were a lot of accolades you know he was able to he was a very big fan of Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and Jimmy Page and Robert Plant actually went to one of his shows and like you know talked mm-hmm. to him and said hey you know yeah you got some skills yeah um, and Brad Pitt's a huge fan one thing that Brad Pitt said about him he said there's an undercurrent to his music there's something you can't pinpoint like the best of films or the best of art there's something going on underneath and there's a truth there and I find his stuff absolutely haunting it just gets under your skin so for I think that's how we all feel I feel like he's got that haunting lyricism and when you watch him live like we did just on that video it's like it just for me it still gives me goosebumps and I've been listening to him for decades like it's it's always going to be that way because he's the one musician Mm -hmm. or the one vocalist that always just is like it hits me you know right in the heart 
I yeah. there was I feel like a lot sorry to cut you no, off go ahead. a lot of the music too I feel like and especially what he's singing about it's very like romantic too and it's the like the very yeah. specific yeah. and it's talking a lot like the song that I liked um, uh, Lover You Should Have Come, come Over, over. Yeah. it's like a very romantic mm-hmm. song um, mm-hmm. and it's really like it sounds really sweet like really beautiful like his mm-hmm. like lyrics that he's writing about too it's not like anything super crazy out of the norm like it's soup like he's writing about stuff that you kind of like hearing about you mm-hmm. can say like because it's not super crazy for that time like it's not very rock heavy or influential um it's a lot more like undertone and very low and mellow music and it just shows his skills as a songwriter yeah bob dylan even said he was one of the best songwriters of the 90s for bob dylan one of the Jesus. greatest songwriters of all time and to then, say that about jeff buckley also uh David Bowie also I think he had comments on like a lot of people had comments everybody on loved album. him you know but his, yeah. his songwriting like for the song uh, So Real just a simple lyric uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I never stepped on a crack because I thought I'd hurt my mother it's just a cool lyric yeah <laughs> it's just it's just funny yeah. but it's like it, it goes well and I mm-hmm. love that song for that lyric you know? initially yeah. like when this was coming out it didn't have that much like nobody liked reception. it yeah. and nobody liked it it took no. a while that's crazy yeah. But I think it was that that time, like you said, you brought up the grunge era that's Mm -hmm. like mid-grunge, like to put an album like this. He was was kind of fucked either way. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, like, because when it was coming out, not a lot of people liked Mm -hmm. it initially. Mm -hmm. And then over the time, you know, like it really did start getting its recognition and uh, hallelujah. It was, we talked about it last time, it was uh, inducted in the... The Library of Congress. Yeah, the Library of Congress. Recording registry. Yeah. It is the best version of that yeah. song. I think and I is, always thought yeah. that he was more of a fan, because Leonard Cohen is the original writer of that song, but the version that Jeff listened to and was inspired by was from John Cale. The, which is like and the I've most popular version, one. Yeah. Well, I think Leonard Cohen's is. I don't, I've never heard the John Cale one. I don't know. There's like, there's one, it might be, I don't know. I'll have to look it up, but I was like, I feel like the one that I've heard isn't the Jeff Buckley one and it isn't... It's not Leonard Cohen. I, okay. I feel the, like that. It's the Shrek version. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 100%. Version. Yes. <laughs> That's, he's not even lying. Yeah. Because there was one and it was one of those covers, but I'll, I'll have to look it up. I think that's up. JoJo Blowfish. Right. <laughs> uh, Hootie in the Blowfish. Thank no, you. No, but this version is really good. I no, think this it is. the best version. It, hands down. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know what it is. Like, God damn it, Jacob! The Shrek version, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and fucking lie to y'all. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. That's two. what you think about. I'm not gonna lie to the yes. The song comes up. Shrek. Every That's what time. I thought about. Yes. Every time. <laughs> but and then I'm also like, but this is actually a fucking beautiful song. Yeah, it I'm is. not gonna sit here and lie to you or the people. God damn! <laughs> I've heard the, I heard the song before it was on American Idol before all that mm-hmm. shit was out. So yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's it's haunting. You know, I think yeah. I remember getting kind of not emotional, but like when you hear him sing that song, it's just so much passion in there, yeah. and it's his own yeah. take on it, and it's, it's right. beautiful, and it's been used by other people and cited mm-hmm. as one of the better versions. Mm-hmm. And I love the the guitar throughout is phenomenal. Whether mm-hmm. it's him, like he was probably he was like the lead guitarist. He right? was okay. He was so his guitar playing throughout is fucking phenomenal, and I like that version of Hallelujah so much more because that just it's like you can tell it's kind of technical, like the way he's mm-hmm. playing it. It is kind of just like the intro. And stuff it is like, that, like yeah. it is him just you know essentially finger picking through chords, but mm-hmm. those pick patterns are fucking gnarly, mm-hmm. and it's 
Huh. Just a yeah. great album altogether. A lot of the songs, another song that I liked, uh, So Real. The guitar so breaks, real. The guitar breaks that it has in that song. And the organ's kind of heavy. At the yeah. End there. yeah. Yeah. Which is one I wanted to, thank you for bringing that up because I was going to mention it about So Real. And, you know, we talked about Mojo Pin for so long, but, but it happens with every, almost every song on this track. The songwriting from when it starts out into the build and then something really dramatic happening. Mm-hmm. You know, that, the way that every song is written to where it, you know, it draws you in with that beautiful intro. Like, so real, he, you know, he's like not singing very loud and he's just kind of strumming. Mm-hmm. And then that chorus kicks in like early and it's like, yes, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, to me, that's incredible. That's incredibly written song right there. Mm-hmm. Like, and it happens multiple times on this album, you know? Yeah. I was surprised at, like, how... Because I hadn't heard of Jeff Buckley, like, even before. Um, and surprised that, like, so many people have heard of this and, like, mm-hmm. like it. Because it's been around for, for a But a lot of people, while. you know, a lot of people I know have met in my life, you know, I've introduced them to this musician and they've never heard of him before. Like, my sister's a good example and she's older than me. And it's just like, Damn. people just, unless you been introduced to him or he just knew about him at that time he didn't he didn't know, you know? i had yeah. i had heard about him because i heard that he influenced some artists mm-hmm. that i had researched you know and so that's when i was like oh yeah like i know i knew of jeff buckley but i didn't associate yeah. like the name know. rings a bell it like, yeah exactly but i was like i have no fucking idea when i once i started yeah. listening to this i was like oh, i have no fucking clue apparently <laughs> <laughs> Now that you hear it, though, it makes sense. Exactly. Especially, like, I, I'm surprised people didn't like this at first initially. Same, man. Yeah. Well, like, Tom, Tom York from Radiohead was inspired by Jeff Buckley and wrote uh, Fake Plastic Trees, that song on the bends, based on yes, Jeff Buckley's, sure. you know, right after he died. Damn. As a dedication to him. Because he wasn't, he wasn't sure him as himself as a musician in Radiohead of using a falsetto voice, but listening to Jeff, he's like, hey, Jeff does it and he does it great. Why not? Why, why can't not I me? Do it? Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Right? Actually, I got all sorts of facts. facts. (laughs) Uh, Do we have any parting words or do we want to dive into the top? This is cited as one of the better albums that come out in that era and of all time, which, in a sense, you know, you could could argue that, you know, it should be on a list of some sort. Yeah. That's what's crazy that people put it in, like, of all time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I see why, Mm because the more that you listen to it, you'll like it a lot more. Yeah. Like, initially, when I first heard it, I wasn't too big about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I kept kept coming back to it, I was like, man, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, his voice, his guitar playing, even, yeah, the band in the back there. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly him. His voice is just so powerful. It's different. You don't yeah. you don't hear anybody that sounds like Jeff Buckley, you don't. for sure. No. Since then, I don't think... Mm-mm. I mean, maybe a couple, but, like, yeah. someone to, like, have this much power, like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Great fucking pick, dog. Glad you guys liked it, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Where'd you get it? Was it Moon Rock or it fucking was, House? Uh, house of Records. All right. Nice. Almost 50 bucks, but... Hey, yeah. fuck it. Hey, fuck it. I'll fucking go... That's right one... <laughs> no, that's one... It's like, you know... And we've, we've talked about this a shit ton, too. You know, albums that get brought up on the cast by other people, it's like you fall in love with it so hard that you're like, I gotta fucking have that. You know, that's why I got one of us a social club. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like this. And then we were just talking out there about fucking before and after science, how we were wanting to get it, you know, whatever. But 
Yeah, this is this is a great pick for sure. Yeah, I, I would not have heard of this. How popular nope. it was, like even I <clears throat> wouldn't have gotten into this. And that's why I love this cast. We can do yeah. all. We can do that to each other all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom, baby. Boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. If I want to fuck with you, I'll pick up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I want to just, just like Fuji, man. Like I would yeah. have never heard that. Had you Same. not it up. Yeah. yeah. No. No, but this was really good. I really did like this. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely gonna be coming back to that album. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do we want to... Let's dive into top threes. Yeah, Matt. I'll start it off. Uh, Mojo Pin, I think that's the consensus for one of the top tracks based mm-hmm. on the vocal and just yeah. the, the rawness. And starting off the album with that, you're just like, it's what like, do we got going next? What's, exact, how can you top that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fucking elbow drop, dude. Yeah. It's just like, all right. And First track. Right. Yeah. I like the title track, Grace. Yeah. Though it's the second song. Um, just because it's just the guitar and that and just the flow of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Very wade much in so. the fire, wade in the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternal life, because yeah. that you know, kind of. I think that is one of the last songs on the album, and it, it mm-hmm. has that kind of rocky, like not grunge feel, but he's kind of like getting that vibe going a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, honorable mention, Hallelujah. Yeah. Just for the, just for the all of our love, and then Corpus Christi Carol. Hell yeah! Uh, number three for me, got to be Eternal Life. Honestly, love that song. Uh, and number two and number one have literally switched every day. But last night, it literally changed. I did these notes last night, and it's literally switched. But to, so today, it's number two is Mojo Pin, number one is So Real. Last night, it yeah. was the opposite. Mojo, yeah, Mojo yeah. Pin's such a good track. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's such a bang to the to the start of the album, so real, so real. I really like because um, of that fucking guitar break and that it has. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like last goodbye, and then uh, lover, you should have come over. Last goodbye is a great song. Last I goodbye like is that, a great that's song. like the staple of that album. Like it oh, sums yeah. up all of his, all of his, all of who he is. You right. know, it puts everything out there: the voice, the guitar, and just the yeah. music in general. Great yeah. song, great, great song. song. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, like in the top three. And then the lovers is like honorable mention, but a lot of these tracks are really good. And Hallelujah is really good. That's probably. I do want to mention Dream Brother too. The last, mm-hmm. I think that's the last track because mm-hmm. that's got the like almost the end from the Doors vibe with the mm-hmm. guitar yeah. and the, how it kind of vibes slow. Yeah. That's a great yeah. track too. Yeah, that's a holy shit, great album, dude. <laughs> well. That was Grace by Jeff Buckley, Matt's pick for this week. We'll be right back. All right. We've had a lot of tangents today. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was some good. Whatever you got, man, keep buying it because yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We got a bunch of ideas. Yeah, we have a lot of ideas. We'll be spitballing some. Uh, but we got to finish an episode, all right? God damn it. And so to do that, we got to talk about my album for this week, which is Blonde by Frank Ocean. Every night fucks every day up. Every day patches the night up On God, you should match it, it's that KO No way light us till I fuck my 28th up 1998, my family had the Acre Oh, the legend 
Cap at least six discs and a change it. Back on Boswell and Percy had it active. From 2016. Um, actually, last week when I brought this up, it was one day past the six-year anniversary. Uh, came out in 2016 on this foo's birthday. Um, August 20th, 2016. Uh mainly all self-produced by frank ocean there was a lot of collaboration on this album though mm -hmm. but he had the oversight for like basically everything um his last album that came out fuck knows when the next one's gonna come out but uh what did y'all think about it yeah i i i remember when this was coming out mm -hmm. and all the hype around it um and yeah it's one i think it is one of my favorite like in that genre like it's kind of bending towards r&b but it's also like poppy in some points yeah um i liked channel orange but when this album came out it was a game changer oh yeah it really was um and yeah there's a lot of <clears throat> collaborations like you said that he had um a bunch of producers some backing vocals on the side um my favorite song uh Pink and white, yeah. With uh, that Pharrell produced, yep. Um, and it has Beyonce on it, damn. Um, which is what's crazy. Like I was looking back at the actual track list, and I was like, oh, like this artist was on it. Like you don't really yeah. hear him that much. It's wild. And then there's even one. There's one that's not listed, and I only remember this because I was following the the release of this album. Uh, Kendrick Lamar has a. Mm -hmm. uh, he does what's called referred to as the sprinkles on an album on one of the songs on uh, skyline Two, when there's that smoke blur like just that one word mm -hmm. saying that that's uh kendrick lamar doing that very yeah. cool yeah right the on. fact that you told me that i was like what like, yeah and then you listen yeah. to it and it's literally it matches up with how his vocal style was kind of mm -hmm. in that era because damn had come out uh or yeah. came out like a year after that but it is un like you said it's fucking the unreal the amount of people that had a had a finger in yeah this. like they they helped in some way or in, like they <clears> did something <throat> that like they were on this yeah there's a lot of production a lot of a couple features on it mm -hmm. um yeah it was a crazy album when it was coming out just because all the like build up to that it the build up to it that it had um and this being like one of frank ocean's most popular albums mm -hmm. just was like at the time that it had come out it gave it boosted his popularity so much oh yeah it's yeah, very it's... different for that time i feel like it's very like uh abstract and yeah. minimalist in a sense i'd never heard of frank ocean or listened to frank ocean before you introduced me to this album so to listen to this one to start off was like I think a great introduction for me yeah because i like the kind of slower paced and the the weird music in a sense and not that this was weird but like he just has a weird approach to recording especially for this album it's just mm -hmm. different yeah it doesn't sound like anything like there's there's songs where there will be big like spaces of like dead air or where there's just like one instrument going mm -hmm. and then the vocals are even like not all there mm -hmm. you know kind of like on skyline too you know where he's just like he'll just say a sentence and then there's just like that guitar in the background like when he says that's a pretty long third gear in this car mm. and then there's just that strum for a little bit and then the next vocal and then or the you know whatever comes in and it's yeah 
it is very interestingly kind of put together and recorded. But I like the way he used his vocal mm-hmm. you know, range. He's got the pitch pitch shifting vocal aspect to it where he's like mm-hmm. singing different ways but then being raw right away too. And it's yeah. really cool to see all the styles come out through all the tracks on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. That's exactly what I was just about to say. The pitch vocals. Mm-hmm. He like switches it up um, the way that he's, he's singing and stuff. It's crazy seeing like the progression of Frank Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this before mm-hmm. um, when we were outside, but like the very different like kind of feeling that he has to when his earlier stuff, yeah, um, like with Our Future, um, featuring with, on uh, or when he was featuring on Goblin. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, like Our Future. It was very different to what he was doing there. He's like mm-hmm. was leaning more towards hip hop, and then with this, it's more R and B based. Yeah. Um, a lot of the songs on this are regarded as one of like our, this is like kind of it's viewed by a lot of people as his best album yeah well um, sorry go ahead oh go, no go ahead. no so like just to kind of touch on the influence it had at the time like mm-hmm. a year or two after this album came out uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 in the online and like you know the radio that they have they added a full blonded radio station and it has uh, pretty sweet and nights on it. And then like five, like four or five other Frank Ocean songs and Frank Ocean like helped kind of curate the other music that would be put on it because everyone was talking about blonde for like two years when it first came out. And so GTA was like, fuck it. Let's make a whole blonded radio station. And it's, the one I play, <laughs> whenever yeah. I play GTA, I fucking I play that one the most because it's yeah. it's just bangers. But like this album was so influential when it came out, which is like it's kind of weird. I don't know. I feel weird saying that about an album that came out only six years ago because it's like, but music's yeah. influential no matter when it comes out. Yep. I gotta remind 100%. myself of yep. that. Yep. But when this came out, like this fucking set me on a whole like this adjusted me you know in a certain way like when i when this came out i was like oh okay like let me evaluate let me evaluate some shit in my fucking life right now you know yeah you like came back to like the realization i feel like because the fact that he dropped this album and he hasn't done anything else besides Mm -hmm. this um i have like a reasoning to why i feel like what you, um, what, yeah. what you got, hey, Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking about this because this is, like, such a powerful, like, influential album yeah. that when it came out, and I feel like, in a way, he's, like, worried that if he makes another project, oh. he won't be able to recapture that. Shit. Because Channel Orange... Was great. Was fantastic. And Hard then, to follow up, and then he did it with this. And then he this. followed up, yeah, exactly. And this is, like, the pinnacle of a perfect, like, modern album, you could say. Yeah. And he's just worried to yeah. make something, and it doesn't build up to it. Like, anybody that knows their ass from a hole in the ground as far as modern music will say that this is damn near a perfect album, or a perfect mm-hmm. album. I, I, per- I personally think it is perfect. It's well-rounded. Whether it's yeah, the recording yeah. process that went into it, or yeah. just the song structure in general, like, it's like it's so ve- many different things on the yeah, album and the build up yeah. it had, and like the popularity and everything, it is like yeah, very regarded in that sense. Yeah, some of the tracks that were instrumental were very short. I was like, is Brian Eno producing? Like there was a lot of cool like 
there's weird like loops and samples. I was just like, fuck, dude, this guy's yeah. got a lot of influences, whether it's, uh, I think Brian Wilson was kind of an influence from the Beach Boys as far as the recording techniques mm-hmm. that he used yes. on his own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the arrangements or stuff like that, so. I remember when, I don't know if you remember when Nike's um, came out for the single, for the solo. Yes. And it was like, people were crazy about it, and then like, you know, it like a while for the album. Yeah, it's a great like a track month. to start the album off, though. Just like yeah, Nojo yeah. Pen for Jeff Buckley, this is a great example of yeah. starting off the album. They mm-hmm. dropped that as a single, and it was just a YouTube video. It wasn't even on fucking streaming. Oh wow! And it was okay. just a YouTube video. And uh, like what a month later, they dropped the full album on mm-hmm. on streaming. Wow! And let me tell you, the I was heavily active <laughs> on I, I was heavily active on Twitter at the time. Way more than I am now. When that Nikes video dropped, it was unreal. The just the yeah. reaction to it, and then when the full album dropped, like I said, people didn't stop talking about it for over a year mm-hmm. because it was just a fucking nuclear bomb. To because the people that were into Frank Ocean at that time had grown up, you know. Like when I was first into Frank Ocean, when his last album had come out, I wasn't even out of high school yet, and then I was two years out of high school when this came out and so i was like fuck dude like mm. it was it was some real shit yeah it was it was crazy that like how many people were listening to this when it came mm. out um and even now i want to say like, yeah it still has a lot of like good media reception and like yeah. it's everywhere still and it's one that I, I still hear people talk about it like it's I the endless it's on GTA forever exactly yeah, well really like cool. even even today when I was doing when I was doing my notes and revisiting you know all the albums I messaged uh, three different people and was like hey I'm talking about Blonde on my podcast today do you want me to send you the link I'm going to regardless <laughs> Like because I know because it's yeah. like because I know that they know like they know mm-hmm. they know how good this album is and if you don't know now you know uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's crazy like his his arc that he has as a musician I feel right like. yes um, and it this album really captures Frank Ocean mm-hmm. like his start that he had with Odd Future and then it yeah. going more leaning from hip hop to R and B. Um, it was crazy and it's hard to follow up and I feel yeah. like that's why he hasn't done anything right he 100% should put out a new album but he really doesn't have to exactly it would be just for the fans at that point but yeah. he doesn't need to like he's had so much success off of this album mm-hmm. right um, really skyrocketed him a little bit yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah a lot of the tracks on this album are my favorite Frank Frank Ocean songs. Yeah. Um, probably that's my favorite song, Pink Plus White. Mm-hmm. That's um, on my top three for sure. Yeah, Ivy. Uh, Ivy, I want to just touch on real quick. The mm-hmm. vocal layering at the end, like he recorded like three or four different vocal tracks and they're all screaming at the end. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ivy's my honorable mention, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Lights also, the... The beat switch on nights, yeah, or yeah, nights, yeah. The beat switch on nights <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. at the end, at the ending of it. That's my snippet. Nice. That's the snippet. <laughs> that's the snippet for this. Is that fucking beat switch at the end of nights? Yeah, this is just so powerful. Self control, like a lot oh. of the songs on this album, mm-hmm. man. Like timeless. Yeah, timeless is super good. So. I, uh, my top three, number three is uh, solo. Uh, just that. 
it's very minimalist with just that kind of organ sound behind it and then he just like will sometimes sing in between the spaces and then sometimes he'll rap like and he spits some good shit in there Mm -hmm. uh I already said honorable mention is Ivy, but another one is Skyline 2. I brought that up earlier. Uh, my second favorite song, Self Control, and then number one is Nights. You can't beat, you just can't beat that beat switch. Mm-hmm. And that guitar in the beginning, that ding, bang, bang, beep, like mm-hmm. it's that, you just can't beat that. Uh, but what are your top three, Matt? Uh, it's starting off the album with Nike's. That's a great yeah. song. You know, yeah. it captures the whole essence of the album and it draws you in, mm-hmm. especially if you've never heard Frank Ocean before, like I didn't. You know, and just I was like, oh, okay, because there's just so many different styles in that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink and white. Yeah, I think we all like that one. I like self control, and then my honorable mention is Siegfried. Uh, yes, he uses an Elliott Smith sample in that, where he kind of loops Elliott Smith's uh, spoken word. I'm not sure what part of the song it is, but he interloops that in the song. Damn, um, which I was kind of a cool throwback because a lot of people don't know Elliot Smith. You know, yeah. I only know him a little bit, um, but for him to use that sample is pretty cool. That's mm. fucking tight. Yeah. Damn. Damn. There's a lot of. It's crazy how many people were in the making of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Andre Three Stacks song on it. Yeah, I like that solo reprise. Solo reprise. Yeah. 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 And it kind of it it has a ni- a nasty little beat switch to where it has that do do do, and it's just yeah. Andre's just still getting it doesn't even miss a beat. Mm-hmm. It's just shit like that that makes this album fantastic. Yeah, uh, definitely my favorite Frank Ocean. I feel like yeah, yeah, exactly. I made out like a bandit the day I got this because uh, <laughs> I got this testing and yes or whatever. Yeah. Those two albums have been brought up on this cast already, and I I did one full trip already. <laughs> I literally. Felt like such a G. I came out and I was like, man, I got three got badass albums. <laughs> but uh, that was Blonde by Frank Ocean, my pick for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce our picks for next week. All right. <laughs> it's our favorite time of every episode to introduce our albums for next week. Uh, I We all love this portion of the pod. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Uh, we'll go in order. Jacob, what you got, man? So my pick... Hold on, I gotta think about this. Yes. So my pick... Uh, <laughs> yes, Fuck! Yes, Lord. Um, by uh, No Worries. Uh, in other words, Anderson Park and Knowledge. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal fucking wow. album. Some good wow. like R and B, hip hop. Yeah, man. <laughs> God damn it, Jake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you Matt, Matt, it's so good. It's so good. But what do you got for us, um, man? I'm gonna go with uh, "Fake You Out" here. I don't have the album with me, <laughs> but I will have it next week. I'm going with uh, KRS One's uh, debut oh. solo album, "Return of the Boom Bap." Oh shit! Holy Yo, fuck! God, KRS One. Yes, dude. Yes, let's go. And I am steering even further away from hip hop this week with one of an album that I grew up with, uh, August and Everything After by Counting Crows. Wow! I oh shit! Wow! I'm so shocked and excited. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. 
Counting Crows, August and Everything After, great album. I believe that is their debut as well. Uh, yeah. But that will be episode 24 of What You Spizzin'. Spinning, spizzin'. <laughs> what you spizzin'. Yeah. Uh, that'll be episode 24 of What You Spinning. This has been episode 23. I'm Dorian. That's Matt. That's Jake. Two cool ass motherfuckers joined by one stooge. Have a great week. We'll see you later. <laughs>